Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited to be here today. We are in Denver at Big Up Studios in this beautiful space. I have two awesome humans in the studio, Rachel and Joe. They are here with Roll Mobility, uh, an accessibility tool, and they're going to tell their entire story, what it's about, why we need it, and together we're going to make this world more accessible. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yes. Welcome. Well, let's, I always like to get to the human behind the business first, behind the mission. So I'd love for you guys to introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of your backstory and how, how you were as like young people, because usually the background kind of leads to where we're at now. So give us some tea on your young selves. I'm going to let Joe kick it off. <laughs> Make me go first. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so role mobility started because... Um, I was up in Breckenridge, Colorado, volunteering with the U.S. Paralympians, and we tried to take a group of athletes out to dinner. And so we called three different locations and asked them if they could accommodate wheelchairs. And all three of them said yes. We decided that we would pick a location that had an elevator to get down to the bathroom, just in case anybody needed to use the bathroom. And we got there, and they had three stairs to get to the inside uh, dining room area and the elevator was this relic from 1960 that was tiny. Nobody would actually fit in it. And we made it work. Um, but in speaking with the athletes, asking them, this never happens anywhere else, right? This doesn't happen in your hometown. This doesn't happen when you're out in Denver. This only happens in like small town Breckenridge. And every single one of them had horror stories about showing up places, calling places, being told, oh, I'll carry you up the stairs. It's not a big deal. Uh, And so it just, when we looked through to see if there was a, a compendium of information for people who had mobility issues and saw that there wasn't anything, we just figured we had to do it. And I was a nerd when I was little. I was going to say, well, I mean, but obviously you had like a caring heart because you're volunteering and you care about humans. Was it was this signs as like a a young person that like were you always taking care of people or like what did you do for fun as a kiddo? I think anybody who grew up awkward and got bullied has a heart for people at the end of the day at this stage of their life. Like once you get to a point where you can, you've been in those situations. And so you know what it's like to have people look at you a little bit differently. Um, I weigh less now than I did my freshman year of high school and had unibrow, big glasses, big person. Um, And so I think that that just that experience really informs the rest of your life for how you treat people, how you see people and how you you gain this superpower of always watching and seeing how people are responding to people, who is paying attention to what in in every room. You kind of learn how to look for for things. Um, Sounds so like that, empathy, though. Yeah, it you builds. Know, you really care. Yeah, it builds empathy. I think it builds resilience in some in some cases. But those middle school and high school years, I I don't I think nobody escapes unscathed, like regardless of how you look, because you never everyone's going through something. And if you can process some of those experiences and channel it to like something bigger down the road and have that perspective, 
my brother, very uh, athletic, did the right things, hung out with the right people. And, you know, years and years later, you learn what, how that also felt like crushing, like you never could let anybody down, those kinds of things. So I think you're right. Nobody escapes. So just hang in there to your 30s and 40s. <laughs> it gets better for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. You can afford therapy too. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Get on the right insurance. All right, Rachel, hit us with your high school middle school experience. All right, experience. let's see, right? Let's go. Um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Uh, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's a pretty uh, Catholic-dominated uh, city, which is maybe unexpected in the South, but... Um, uh, yeah, you know, I was a really gregarious kid, really active, spent a lot of time outside doing sports. Uh, I was a pretty visibly queer kid. I looked a lot like I did today. Um, and then, you know, kind of getting into high school, uh, s- still versions of myself, but then falling in. You know, I went to an all-girls Catholic school, which comes with a lot to unpack, yeah. right? And yeah. then somebody who is also then conforming to continue to be well-liked, um, I think, in a lot of ways— Going to school in uniform probably saved me a lot of really painful, awkward years, awkward bullying. Uh, maybe had I been in public school, um, you know, I think because I went to a small school, I kind of escaped some some of those things. And because I was so well liked and outgoing, uh, but my mom was bullied really, really badly as a as a kid and throughout high school. And you know, she made a point to just to talk to me about that and as I was a, like maybe a leader in, in my grade school and throughout high school, she always made a point to make sure that it made people feel included. Yeah. 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 That conscious conversation is, is critical. I actually think that's one of the upsides of social media nowadays where kids can see that if maybe if that's not happening at home, you can see some of this stuff happening online or like, you know, here's how you address it or just people's stories can provide empathy. So I do think if it's not happening at home, but your mom sounds like she was ahead of the game. And just being really intentional. On a number of things, right? And that's that's kind of skirting in with, with more of the Catholicism is like, okay, well, this is what we smile and nod about. But behind the scenes, you can be on birth control. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Catholic school. All I'm thinking of is like Mary Catherine Gallagher and the SNL skit. Because, I mean, I'm a huge SNL fan. But uh, that's how my mind goes right. with, with Catholic school. That's And were you an athlete growing yes. up? Did you play? Do you feel like that? Was, I'm such an advocate for life skills through sports. And I think that can be such an equalizer, mm-hmm. regardless how you're walking into the game, no pun intended, where it's, it doesn't matter what you do, how much money you make, what you care about, your sexual orientation. Like it's, we're just here. The goal is to win this game. And, you know, we're all in uniform. Do you feel like that helped with friends or leadership skills? Definitely. Yeah. 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 I feel like those are such game changers. Was athletics a, a piece of your background? Yeah, especially into into high school and then throughout, like after high school, is when I got more athletic and did more. Would you play or compete in? I, I was say. a swimmer. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I wrestled my freshman year and swam, uh, and then got pneumonia and lost thirty five pounds. Disappeared. I, I was one of those kids that disappeared during the school year because I got pneumonia and showed back up and looked like a completely different person. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, I, mean, sw- I mean, swimming 35 pounds lighter has to make a difference. I don't know if that's good or bad, yeah. but that's got to be, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting transitional year. Yeah. I mean, just knowing that people shave their legs because that makes a difference. So 35 pounds, like. 
I just stuck with all the sports where you can shave your legs. and went from swimming to cycling. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Stay light and tan. <laughs> what did you play? Uh, I played soccer primarily, but, you know, throughout grade school, a sport a season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then as, um, as a young adult, became a distance runner, backpacker, uh, novice mountaineering, rock climbing. Well, you were meant to be a Colorado human then, for sure. Yeah. This is like I, your playground. I took a different path to get here than others, but yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's get to that because I think hearing about your backgrounds and then why you guys started this app and how obviously it made so much sense, but this comes up in our, on Tumor Katila all the time of, you know, sometimes things appear as a hard situation or a tragedy or such an abrupt pivot. And then when you have time and perspective to see like, oh man, maybe this did happened for a reason or it put me on path that I needed to be but maybe might not have chosen it's 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 magical to look back and be like okay this somehow makes sense and I'm curious if that resonates or not because some people said well I don't know yet but uh it's a the piece of the journey at 42 almost 43 is like a lot of letting go and if you're intentional you're a competitive athlete and you're an entrepreneur or whatever it's really hard to like let that piece go. So give me a little bit more about what you do professionally now and the journey and um, and then your story of how like that was like a quick pivot, but like, look what you're doing now. I think you should go first this time, actually. Okay. Actually, right. I brought a coin to flip heads and tails to make <laughs> <laughs> these guys. Uh, well, my wife and I moved out to Colorado in 2021 and I met Joe pretty quickly after that. And it was obviously obvious that we were pretty aligned. And um, how'd you guys meet? I'm just curious. Through adaptive sports. Oh, okay. So I had a traumatic accident in 2019, and on the flip of a coin, became disabled. Um, which uh, th- there's there's a lot lot to say there about like awareness and perspective. But Joe and I met through adaptive cycling, um, mountain biking group, and mutual friends. And then, of course, you know, as an entrepreneur, he's ta- Joe's talking about the app. And I'm thinking, wow, this is an app I can get behind. This is what I, I believe in this, however I can support you. Um, but it's also been a transition for myself in, like, learning to live life in a dis- disabled body is also getting back to work, right? There's the, there's the day-to-day life of learning how to care for your body. And there's, like, the physical component of I want to make sure that I continue to move my body. And then there's just like the boring life stuff of now I have to go back to work and the things that used to be important to me are no longer as important to me as they once were. And my energy is super finite and I have to be very intentional about who I want to spend time with, how I want to spend my time and the work that I really want to do. So I pitched myself to Joe there you go. I'm guessing it probably wasn't too hard. He's probably like, I, you had me at hello. Right. I, um, and some of the work that I'm doing now is just, you know, I'm mostly self-taught. I'll give a little props back to Catholic school and communications, because if we can do anything, we can write a paper. Um, but my background is actually in healthcare. I was a pediatric physical therapist for, I practiced for 13 years. And um, of, of course, then I was also working with a population with disabilities, but it's, it's, you just, there's nothing like you can have the perspective and uh, work day in, day out with people with mobility issues, but nothing is the same as being disabled. And to have that, that flipped to then think about like, man, all the times I didn't listen, all the times as a practitioner, 
I was the one just telling people how to live their disabled lives, telling them what was best for them. And then being on the inside of it, it was, I mean, it's, of course, it's just transformational. Yeah. Yeah. How did you manage like your mental health in that? I mean, did you feel like, obviously you're dealing with your own situation and changing, but was there like a wave of guilt of like understanding all the things you never understood prior? Not as much guilt because you can't, you know, I think, I like to think we're all doing the best yeah. that we can with the knowledge that we have at that present moment. Yeah. I, I really like to believe that. And I had the awareness that I had at the time. I, if I were a practitioner today, I would change nearly, you know, so many things about the way that I practiced. Um, but also it was a really physically and emotionally draining job. And while the medical field could definitely use more disabled practitioners and disabled voices advocating for better healthcare for disabled people. And I just don't know that that's my hill to fight. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's just so interesting. And the reason I specifically ask about the guilt is because you don't know what you don't know. And the problem with our society and culture is like, you don't really know something until it happens to you. We're so ill-informed on so many things that until you're in that situation, it's almost like, you know, nothing. And it can be ability or disability. It could be the law. It could be pregnancy. I mean, so many things we're just so disconnected in until, and that's why we have this, to have this conscious conversation of like, you never know till you're walking in it, but at minimum you can build some awareness. So you're not reflecting, you know, having guilt or saying, I wish, or, you know, it's still going to happen. But if we can take one step forward and understand a little bit more, I think that's critical. And it kind of comes back to like that empathy piece of yeah. holding space and grace for people because you just don't know what people are going through. We say a lot. I mean, you do the best that you can and then when you know better, you do better. Yeah, yeah. That's all you can really take away from it. We both, um, I was a physical therapist assistant and worked mostly geriatrics but also did short stints in ortho and pediatrics and it's, we joke that a lot of, almost all of the language in school, almost all of the language for everything that we were taught is very ableist language. It's all, you know, focused on dysfunction, focused on lack of ability, focused on. And so I know I've had to unlearn a lot of those things and focus on what what people can do and just getting. I mean, that's the purpose of the app is, is getting people so that they can spend their finite energy doing the things that that actually speaks to them, that actually helps them find joy um, rather than finding out whether or not there are stairs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and what's so magical is what I love about my, my world is random in general, but I love this. Shout out to Denver Bar Crawl because uh, we met on uh, the pub crawl. So it's it's amazing. We had those guys on the podcast. We came out and we happened to be talking and she was telling me about, you know, what's going on with this app. And I'm like, this is so amazing. Let's talk more. So this it's so funny, like opportunities everywhere. If you just open your ear, not even with like business agenda, it was just what's going on. We don't know each other. We're in this this group together. So there's there's always space to connect and then just listen and see what comes out. Every human has a story in some capacity. And there's each of us carries so much intel about what we've been through that we can share and help like give pro tips to everyone else. If you just take a moment to listen and understand, 
I, okay, so let's let's get into the app and dig in on this and why it's there. I've been very fortunate to interview Kevin Ogar. He's a longtime friend and Amy Van Dyken and all the initiatives they're doing around disability and accessibility and spinal cord injury. We've done some cool stuff with Red Bull. And when we were talking about this, I'm like, I can't believe this app, this conversation isn't a thing yet. So we still have so much more to do. So tell me about the enthusiasm, the passion, why you're doing it, and then let's get into the nitty gritty on what this is. So I think it's funny. Kevin Ogar uh, runs Watchtower CrossFit. Yeah, he was one of. They were one of the first CrossFit gyms to be in the app. Um, he's close to West Peak Mobility, John Velka, and those guys. We at the beginning, I did the same thing. I was like, "How is this not already a thing?" And one of the things that I really wanted to find was I really wanted to find something, especially for small towns like Breckenridge. There's a huge ski event that happens there every year. You've got a lot of different athletes who have a lot of different abilities, a lot of different um, mobility things that they want to be able to plan for. Um, and when they are there, there is this very cool networking thing that happens within the community very organically where you can say, hey, what bathroom works best for you in this hotel? And somebody will know on the third floor, if you go to the right instead of the left, there's one bathroom where the, they messed up and the stall is bigger and the grab bars are perfect and, and all of those different things. And when those people leave, all of that information disappears with them. We like to say, you know, any person that has a mobility issue winds up being the expert in that space. They know everything within, you know, five miles that they can get to or that they love. And they know what businesses make them feel welcome and make them feel cared for and make them feel human. Um, and so we really wanted not only for the app to be a tool to look at places, but we wanted to have that sense of community and we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> getting there. It's hard to we're, build a community, but yeah. I think if you just have it and, and it kind of forms itself, I mean, long-time marketing, branding, influencers, and that has a negative connotation. But on the flip side, if you have your leaders speaking the right gospel that they genuinely bleed, that the community organically forms. So it is a lot of work, but I, I promise yeah. you it's coming. It's It'll all come to fruition. It's very, very cool for us because I haven't, talk to a single person that hasn't said, I have been thinking about how this should be a thing. Yeah. I've been wanting for this to be a thing and just had never had either the resources or the time or the energy to make it happen. And so it's been one of the things for me anyway, that has felt very important because we have, I've not talked to somebody that said, this is stupid. You shouldn't be doing this. There's always a hater lurking out there, though. But the good news is, haters are fuel. Like, let it come at, come at you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Every time, every time we have a conversation with somebody in person, that's the enthusiasm is right there, and then you know, we build off of that momentum. We're like, yes, we're on the right track. We know what we're doing is important, even if you know a lot of a lot of our days kind of get bogged down with, oh, we've reached out and we've gotten no response again, or I spent two hours editing that TikTok and it got 200 views. <laughs> Less um, is more a TikTok, just right. be as crappy as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it can be easy easy to be defeated, but then we, you know, we got to catch those waves of enthusiasm again because we know yeah. we're on the right track. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys, I mean, Tumor and Tequila is very much about mental health and community because these are like the two things we really need to get by in any situation. 
and the juxtaposition that we're wearing all the hats, we're being all the things. What do you guys specifically do to keep your own mental health in alignment? I know we talked about fitness and I'm sure you're probably the same uh, in that same category. And is the mental health like a, a growing conversation within the community? So two part, two part question. I hate when people give us long questions and I'm the master of that. So give us, give me your first, your mental health. First, yeah, I might need you to like double back I, before I forget. <laughs> I'll go. Uh, movement for me, exer- daily exercise, movement and uh, meditation, good sleep, right? Those are those like core tenets. If I don't have those, everything else kind of starts to falter. Um, and then just it's it's practice, right? We live in a world where we're inundated with information, good, bad, and quite ugly. You know, this is one of those weeks. And um, I was talking with my Lyft driver about this on the way here. That just a touchstone for me. We could say, oh, come back to the present moment. But whether I'm spiraling in my head of like, oh, man, today, like today's a day I'm just so disabled. And I can kind of get lost in that and think, man, I'm only 39. What is the rest of the future going to look like? It can get dark and scary really fast. And so for me to come back and say, hey, what is real and true right now? Uh, I rode 14 miles on my bike this morning. Okay. I lifted weights. I made coffee, breakfast, and lunch for myself and my wife. I got together with a friend. I actually have a ton of energy. I'm maybe just having, this is just like something's coming up in my body. And maybe I'm having pain and it's feeling scary because my body's trying to tell me that it needs something, mm-hmm. right? And trying to flip that own narrative. It's a practice though. Well, you're doing a good job because my Friday was not that productive. <laughs> so, gold stars all the way around. That's, my, that's powerful though. My wife will listen to this and she'll be like, well, that's uh, uh, occasional days. Occasional days go like that. She's like, but you did you load the dishwasher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The truth actually comes out. But that was good for the podcast. So. Uh, I think that's amazing. That self-awareness is remarkable. And I think even when you do, I do meditation and, and I try and stay connected as much as possible, but it is a continuous process to stay in it. Do you have any, meditation-wise, do you, do you recommend any apps or anything specific that you do? Um, you know, uh, I think some of the apps are great. I do, I use Calm um, uh, occasionally, sometimes just on my own. I have an online yoga community okay. that I, I sit with live every Monday morning. Okay. Uh, House of Phoenix, we'll just give them a little. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, but then mostly on, mostly on my own. I was lucky enough to have already had a pretty strong yoga and meditation practice prior to my accident. And I really credit having that tool as something in my pocket, as having gotten me from, well, in some ways saving my life, right? Getting me from uh, the side of my accident to the hospital. And, um, and then, of course, getting me through all those initial days and then thereafter. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I love about that is while people can't relate to um, disability or, or maybe they can't or whatever, people, I think, all get to those spaces where it is dark and scary, but it's like, what is the next phase going to look like? I think a lot of people, I mean, graduating high school, getting married or like some of these major mile markers, I feel like that's the exact emotion, whatever it is. It's like you do all this, you're ready or something happens and it's like, what's next? Like I, like the unknown is so overwhelming that these practices, like whether, whatever your intention or while you're doing kind of doesn't matter. It's just having that tool in your back pocket that you can be like, it's going to be okay. Like let's immediately go to that tool and here's what we can do. I, I just think meditation is such a great way to check in. I really do. All right. Hit us with it. 
mental health. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> what's your favorite color? <laughs> no, uh, what's what's your mental health practices? Um, it's exercise. It's just yeah. being outside, seeing the sunshine. It's just being in movement. Movement is meditation for me, 100%. And just, you know, not being able to think about anything else for that short amount of time. Uh, we were talking about memes earlier, but there's a there was a really funny one that, that just went around and it was like, nothing can stop me before, you know, five miles, but then what can stop me after five miles? It's like seeing a pretty flower, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about the book I'm reading, not having the perfect song on, you know, all of those things. And Is it crazy that memes are like the universal language? Like, I don't know what it is, but they're so powerful and... Well, they can be so layered, right? Oh, for sure. You have to have be there for like three inside jokes back, yeah, to understand the nuance of, (laughs) yeah. It's 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 again one of the upsides of social media. That's like how my like college and crew and I stay and connect because they're out out east. So it's like we don't even say hi. We just send like memes that we that we identify with. You say so much, yeah. Mental health memes. There you go. One of the cool things about memes is I also feel like it is a way where you can explore really really dark themes in a funny way without, without, you know, going to that place all the way and having to expose yourself completely. You're like, hey, here's this funny meme about, you know, pooping myself that one time (laughs) last year that no one remembers except for me because I think about it every day. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of those. It's it's only funny that my college crew, I, I mean, team of girls, you probably know it's we're aggressive and I won't put them on blast, but it's a lot of memes similar to that. And it's funny because... I, I, I think it's just such a casual reminder of humor is critical. However bad it gets, I feel like you've got it. Maybe it takes some time and some perspective, but you've got to get to a space where you can maybe not fully laugh, like belly roll laugh, but at least smile and nod and be like, well, some part of that was a little bit funny. Like, fuck the universe. It has a sick sense of humor, but here we are. We're going with it. And are you guys good about having a sense of humor on things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys seem, I mean, you're, fu- you're at a pub crawl, so like, <laughs> shout out. You know, we're good there. Yeah, you've got to. And when you live, like, I think I had always had a good sense of humor, but even now in a body that you just don't always have control with, and it really is like a, well, shit my pants today. Is what it is. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, for my college crew, like, at least some people have a good excuse. They don't. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just hashtag tequila on most days. We've grown out of most of those things, I think. But, yes, I do think it's really critical to just be like, is what it is, man. Like, you know, <laughs> days are hard, days are long, and we're, we're just out here. And I think things like having an injury or having some issue that not very many people have can feel so, so isolating. Yeah. We've been able to meet some really incredible people that have really incredible stories who, for the first six months of their brand new life, um, felt incredibly isolated. And so I think that that aspect of social media and that aspect of building a community, building a compendium of information where people can go, oh, I, I am not alone in any way. There's five other people that are having problems getting catheters. Like their casters are filled with hair. Their wheels don't work because of X, Y, and Z. Like problem solving, different things. There's some really cool people that are using 3D printing, that are using 
um, just creating things for the community to help with hand dexterity, to help with all those things. I think one of the very, very cool things that has happened recently is this push to get airplane travel to where it doesn't, it's not so hateful for people that, that utilize wheelchairs. I mean, I'm not sure how much you've, you've seen that, but it's essentially right now you've got a transfer from whatever your personal wheelchair is into a transport chair that's skinny enough for the aisle. They put a sling under you, they lift you up bodily, move you into this transport chair, strap you in so that you can't go anywhere, take you in, and then move you to the chair. And then you're trapped there because there is no bathroom, there is no anything. Um, There's a gentleman who has been in this space for a very, very long time. Um, His name is Corey Lee. His Instagram is Curb Free with Corey Lee. And he has traveled the entire world, but has definitely been talking a lot about what that actually looks like. Not eating for the two days, not drinking for the day prior, because he knows that he is going to be trapped on the plane for however long the flight is with no ability to to move at all and be completely beholden to that that aspect of things i think as as a society we have not done a great job of of moving towards taking care of people in yeah I, I would argue as a society they've just not done a good job of listening to disabled people at all you know i'm newly disabled but leaders in the disability space have been advocating for human for their own human rights and safety for since forever yeah Right. Well, this is why conversation and awareness is so critical because you need allies in the game and anything that you do, you need that community. You, there's power in numbers. You need a bunch of people speaking up about something. So change happens. And sometimes that change needs to be be aggressive protests or whatever. We don't need to break things, but you, you got to get out there and get in people's face and say, here's what I need and get in front of legislation and uh, as you, I, a lot of this I only know because Amy Van Dyken's so good about doing teachable moments, but otherwise I would have no idea. And I really do try and say, keep my finger on the pulse of what's next. And it's still not good enough. And that's, that's okay. It's, it's that constant awareness of like, well, man, we got to dig in and like, let's have this conversation. Um, and, and then facilitate that with like community. Like that's, that's how it needs to be. What is like, what's the best thing somebody could do right now to advocate and get involved? Well, I would argue, especially to your audience who maybe has cursory knowledge of like the disabled community, is start diversifying your feed. Yeah. Start following leaders in the disability space and start listening to their accounts. Follow Curb Free, Corey Lee. Follow Amani Barber. She's crutches and spice. Um, there, it's it's not it's not a hard search to kind of to find yourself in any of that space, um, but but start there and start by listening. Right. But there's always petitions to sign. You can go to unitedspinal.org and they've got an entire page. They've done all the work for you, all the links. You sign a petition, you contact your congresspeople and you tell them, listen, we deserve safe travel on airplanes. And you know what? It benefits all of us because anybody could become disabled tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what a lot of what we talk about. Yeah, that's and that's, I think, a point that people don't like to think about, but. Tomorrow, you could be in a car accident. You could, this is the only minority that instantaneously you can join at any moment. Well, I think it's just a good reminder in general that life can just pivot so fast, whether it's you or a loss or something maybe happy. I think we get so busy and wrapped up in our day-to-day, that conscious 
take a second and really check in and, and lead with gratitude or think and be focused on what you do have or wh- where you can help or where you can be part of the solution. I think we just get so busy and lost in our own worlds, especially as we get older, because you have your job, you have your six friends, you have your life that's all right here, and you just don't see anything that's outside of you. And we're just like myopic beasts in general. And that in itself is cancerous to me. Like you, you, you've got to consciously like let down your walls and be like, not everyone lives like you live and like the world's bigger than you. But as you get older, that's, you got to be conscious about that on the daily. Yeah. It's funny because we frequently talk about how like brand new mothers should be the most outspoken advocates for accessible design and accessible, you know, spaces and community because almost everything that would benefit somebody who has a mobility issue, needs to use a walker, needs to use a wheelchair, um, would benefit somebody who has to carry a 15-pound human around, has to uh, use a stroller, has to have a changing table, has to do any of those things. And those are probably the most overworked people on the planet in any given time, (laughs) brand-new mothers. So I'm not trying to put anything extra on them. (laughs) Oh, I think, I mean, there's a whole podcast in that because I think moms in general, there's pressure to be, do everything and not complain about it. And, you know, but again, the more we talk about it, the more it's like, yeah, I'm out here. Let's go. I got six strollers in the trunk. I, I mean, I was one of four. So hence I don't have kids now, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's a lot to have little humans running around. So yeah. I, and I love that like communities for different reasons can unite over something that's for both. And you wouldn't otherwise know, like it's so tumor cantilever, but it fits together perfectly because we just all had to have a conversation, understand that like we're in the same space, even though the, the conversation's a little bit different. But collectively, we can make a difference here. I don't, and I don't think communities think that way either. Like it's like the competitive versus the collaboration. Yeah, and we don't need that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you hear it across the board from from minority groups. Like all of our struggles are related. And it, it really is in the society we live in, especially in America, where it's based on rugged individualism or uh, how can how can I make money off of this? How how does it benefit me? Um, you know, I, I really hope. I don't know what the future holds, but I hope coming together and coming from a more a conscious mindset of community and that we all benefit like when we can rising a rising tide. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's kind of making fun of me because no. she's heard this. I love that. She's <laughs> heard this like quote so many times. So but, many times. Um, yeah. But we all do better it's, together. And that's, yeah. you know, it's one of our slogans, right? Go further together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so the app is launched. You guys are kicking butt. What is, like, tell me where we're at now. Like, how how big is it? How many downloads are like, and like, where is it going? Yeah. So it's, it's funny. It's one of those things where I think you're, you're never happy with where you are. Um, and one of our core tenants from the very beginning has been like Shane is the other co-founder um, and has been with me since the very beginning. And both of us have said no interest whatsoever of being the face of this app. I have no interest whatsoever in, you know, highlighting like me, Joe Foster in any way whatsoever. Our community and our people should take the forefront. They should get the credit. They're the ones that are truly doing all the work. They're the ones that are out there um, dealing with the difficulties. Our job is to listen to what it is that they want and change it in the ways that make sense. Um, So we officially launched in February uh, and we have about 1,500 people that are using the app. 
one of the cool things about that is those 1500 people have been our cornerstones. They have said what they like. They've said what they don't like. They've dealt with us accidentally changing the login system so no one could log in. They've dealt with us changing on the back end the way that reviews are calculated and nulling you know hundreds of reviews out on accident. Um, but I think one of the very, very cool things that we have seen is that the, the 1,500 people that we have engage with the app on average, it's like 50 to 70% of them open the app and use the app, if not daily, weekly, wow. which is incredible. It's a life changer. Yeah, yeah which is okay. very, very cool. It's got to feel just purposeful and like heartful on all yeah. levels. So on those tough days. And so our, you know, our next step is continuing to listen to the community. And what the community has said is, hey, it'd be really nice to just be able to take a picture of something that's not accessible and post it directly to the app. And so um, we've, we're so close <laughs> and so far away, but we have been um, completely revamping. the All of the back end of the app has been rebuilt so that things run more smoothly and more quickly on you know, when you're out and about and have terrible internet connection. Uh, but that is what is coming next, is the ability to take pictures and video and add all of those things in. Um, so that instead of saying, hey, this lip on this doorway to get into this one location is really funky. The funky is not a great descriptor. And so uh, it, that will be kind of a game changer will be the only app in the space that has picture and video. So, well, that's like intentional accountability on the businesses too. We were talking about this before, whether your heart space is aligned with this cause or not, like, okay, but it's bad business to like take a certain group out of your potential clientele. This is a, this is a demographic with buying power. Yeah. Right. 12% of the U S population has a mobility issue. That's nearly one in eight people. Remarkable. That's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with the pictures, you can see the exact place. I mean, and isn't aren't there laws that you have to have certain? I mean, are people abiding by laws that are out there? Are companies? <laughs> I think that answers so it right the ADA, there. The ADA has not been around for very long. Okay, um, thirty three years. Thirty three years. So it's younger than any of us. Um, and there is a lot that it just it was not supposed to be or meant to be a sweeping reg- regulation where people went in and bulldozed places and and moved things. And I don't think any of us are calling for that. We're not saying that you should tear down every, you know, historic building and fix things. However, if you can go to the Coliseum and they have an accessible entrance that fits and is beautiful and yeah, you can get in, then there should be more push for these for places to have accessibility. And like we said, it also benefits every delivery driver that you have, every person that has to use a dolly to get People in and out luggage. of your business. People right. with luggage, yeah. Yeah, I think something you're met with is, these, oh, well, we put our business in this historic place and, and you'll come to a place and they'll be like, oh, and maybe they just see me in the wheelchair. We haven't even said anything yet. Oh, sorry, no, we're grandfathered in. Like, and it's this quick, this lightning. Like before quick you even defense. say anything? Before you even say anything, this lightning oh, quick defense. It's like, well, I didn't expect you to like build a ramp or schlep me up these stairs. But I, 
but I do want you to know that you're excluding me and you're excluding my business and that maybe we could start, maybe you don't want to put your business in a place that excludes people. Maybe that's not part of your ethos. Uh, maybe you can look at some of these examples, look at historic hotels and ways that they've retrofit and made accessible design sleek and sexy and just just beautiful part of the art, right? It's possible. It's possible we can have, um, you know, this summer I was in Greece and, of course, being abroad and the accessibility experience is also very different than in the United States. But when I visited the Parthenon, they've, they've built an entire, so the, the Parthenon is the hill, the mountain, that the then, or the, the Acropolis is the hill, the mountain. The Parthenon is what sits atop of it. It's what you think of the, all, all, the, all the temples. And they've put together, I don't know how many millions of dollars into this uh, elevator on the side of the mountain that takes you up. And my point to that is like, wow, this is an incredible engineering feat. It took so much thought and listening and design and want. But if this is possible. Maybe you maybe, can maybe you can move your bar seats a little like six yeah, inches further away so that there's That's actually crazy. space for maybe. a wheelchair to go down the aisle. Like there is, you know, there's that side of things. And then there's also just the tiny little things that you could do as a business owner, like not have having walkways that are actually 36 inches wide, like not setting, you know, a rack of postcards in the middle of the top an of a area. Room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We see a ton. And I think that's one of the things as an able-bodied person that the more that we've done this and the more that we've been through, Shane, Shane specifically, because he did not come from a background of therapy, did not come from a background of, you know, thinking about accessibility has said it's completely changed the way that he looks at spaces. It's completely changed the way that he views places once he gets there. And there's so much that is is tiny. It's not, it's not, you know, destroying a wall and putting in a giant door and putting in different things. Although that is possible, but 90% of the time it's, can you just buy tables for your brand new space that aren't all bar height tables so that when you're sitting in the wheelchair, the table sits atop your nose. Like little things like that to help people feel comfortable and wanted. One thought of too, right? Like having an automatic door button outside at your bathroom, even having a paper towel dispenser at the right height says my needs were thought of. Mm-hmm. I wasn't an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And at if I'm spending money at your establishment, that feels good, right? Do you, uh, have you guys considered like con- being a consultant for businesses? Like say I want to open a restaurant and I, I want to be aware of this stuff. I see you laughing. Uh, but like, so you could say like, cause I, I really think people don't know. And so it's their or our responsibility to lean in and say, what are all the things we can do? Are there good resources to know how to check those boxes? Or would you guys be open to consulting for different businesses if they happen to be listening? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean the plate's full? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the plate is kind of full right yeah. now, right, as a, as a startup. And, like, you know, this information is available okay. on the internet. Google is free. Oh, right? okay. You know, or like, the, like requirements for the ADA. It was, But there are consulting firms out there. As a small startup, though, at this point, our hats are full. Yeah, yeah. Our, our hats I are mean, yeah. if, if there I mean, is, if you're if there paying, is a, if there right, is a but specific, if you're paying, exactly. I mean, because, like, like, it's stuff like, where well, yeah, there's laws, but it's like, what? 
um, paper towel thing should I buy or what bar handles are better than others? Like right. there's stuff like businesses. I mean, being an entrepreneur, I know there's stuff you can find information that's on the surface level, but usually details, I'll dig in and be like, who do you guys use or what sure. photographer is good for this? Or like that kind of stuff our is Instagram really critical. is at Role Mobility. You can slide into our DMs and we'll point you in a, in yes. a good direction. Yeah. yeah. De- definitely willing to educate where there are people that are willing to learn. I mean, for yeah, $125 or 200 bucks an hour to have a two hour conversation on like, what do you suggest for this space? Unsolicited advice. I yeah. really think it's powerful to have that stuff, but then having really dialed in suggestions. I really think companies, if they knew and something they wanted to do, just didn't know where to go. I really think they would take advantage of that. So yeah. I don't know, maybe not. I'm just putting that out into universe. No, <laughs> I definitely yeah. welcome it. Okay. We're here to listen for what people want. So <laughs> right. if people want it, we'll help. Let's go businesses. We got to level yeah. up out here. I think that's huge. Uh, I do want to ask, I mean, I think it's, again, I think there's harmony to things in the way they work. Are you guys um, religious or uh, spiritual? How would you classify yourself? Spiritual. Spiritual? Yeah. I'm more, I'm, I always say God, universe, and Madonna. I'm a huge Madonna fan. So whatever you believe, I, I think it's magical to look back in our past and see how things have winded us up to wound us up. I'm not sure. It's Friday. Uh, to where we are now. And even you kind of being in PT and everything. And then IT happens. And now you are with a mobility app with IT like needs. Can you guys look back now and, and be like, wow, I'm even if I feel good or bad about how things happened, I feel like I'm right where I need to be. I think it is funny how the universe kind of puts you in a place where all of your past it doesn't, I mean, especially as you're starting something, all of your past experiences inform what you're doing next. Yeah. Um, and so I do think it's interesting to see how those things play out and where you wind up and what happens next, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things that I would not be doing if not for a thousand tiny things that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Life is wild. Right. You can you can have a five year plan, but also we can't even imagine our world, what it will be in five years with the way that technology has our world changing mm-hmm. instantaneously nearly. Right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, to hold on to something tightly and to hold on to things that we think are concrete and truth and permanent is just kind of laughable. Right. Because none of it is. Yeah. So you just really have I. You know, I, I, I fell in an instant and I gained 40 years of wisdom or a couple lifetimes worth of wisdom in that moment. Um, and you just really, you, you, as long as we're living, you just kind of have to keep continuing to accept each day as it comes. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have ever seen this coming. I certainly wouldn't choose it, but I'm so grateful for the way that we've landed together. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's, uh, I mean, for anybody that's going through something, because we're in such crazy times right now, you see the stuff in Israel and like the world, uh, we just have so many really in-depth things going on and really like tragic things. And everybody in the personal world, you don't know what people are going through. But in that moment when your your life shifted literally in a second, what would be your advice for like those next few days? Because I feel like the people are just in such up in arms right now and they are at that pivot point. And it's like, you don't know what's next. Like, how did you wake up the next day and, or what did you do to, to just keep going? You know, when, when, when something that large and traumatic happens to you, uh, it's like, uh, maybe like it's like a, a bomb has gone off and you're, 
you're at the epicenter of it. And all of this kind of chaos is it's not just happening to you. It's happening to your immediate friends and family and then far reaching and, and beyond that. Um, I think, you know, in, in those initial, some of those initial days when things are, were, were things were touch and go and you, you really are just like living through each breath. And I think I'm, I'm sure right now people, you're in survival mode and there's people all over the world, especially in Palestine and Israel at this moment that are, um, just trying to exist, just trying to survive. And sometimes you're just going to, you're in those phases, right? You're just, you're going to be in survival mode. And then, um, but as long as your living life goes on and this too shall pass mm -hmm. as cliche as that is, mm -hmm. um, right. As long as your living life will go forward and you just, I don't know. Just one step in front of the other. One step one in front of the other. In. Yeah. 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 I just want to try the next right thing. Right. Right. I think it's, again, as like varsity humans or like mission driven people or, you know, your athletes, like you're used to figuring it out. It's that continued process of letting go and just keep showing up, whatever it takes, whatever that means to you for that day, for that moment just show up. You got air in your lungs. Like there's opportunity and there's just realities that so many of us can't relate to on so many levels. I think it too is probably like a shift in priorities, right? And then like everything is, things are finite. Yeah. How am I going to spend, how am I going to spend my precious moments? Am I going to, am I worrying about this embarrassing thing that happened to me in the past or this other life experience? Or am I, you know, am I moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a blessing in that clarity? Yeah, honestly, it's there's some lightness to it for sure, right? I just I do not have the energy to stress and care about some of the things I used to stress and care about, right? And so there's freedom in that. Just like honestly, I'm doing my best today just to take care of my body. I was in the bathroom for two hours. I I'm exhausted from doing mundane house tasks. I just don't care what so what I've been perceived as in this moment, right? I th what's so funny is I think that freedom is actually like taking back control because like you let go and then you have your freedom and your space yeah. back and it's like you have that loose grip <laughs> control uh, where you, you kind of can be mindful of what you're doing and how you feel. It's a very weird circle. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. I just think there's such power in seeing power players overcome major challenges find a way to show up and then on the flip side like be purposeful in the space you can speak so authentically in and be a voice and be a part of the solution like that's magic do you guys sit and I'm I'm very cliche clearly but do you ever sit and think about like look how much impact we're doing on the daily I know you guys are humble humans but like do you really ever stop and think like look at all this magic we're doing no. No. <laughs> I think no. you have you, you should. You really I mean, should. It's I think it's hard. I think that is one of the other things that happens in the human condition is you you are looking for the next cookie. Like yeah. you're looking for the next thing. It has been there have been moments where you kind of get some sense of that um and get some sense of the impact that you're having. But for us, for me personally, there's, it's like, there's always a little, it's like, Ooh, but if we did this, then, then maybe we could get it a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, I don't know. How do you feel? 
Yeah, I mean, I like to think that we're we're doing work that's just kind of mission aligned with our with ourselves, and that we're doing work that feels important and um, worth chasing after, mm-hmm. and that we hope it's beneficial to the community. We talked earlier about mental health, and I think, you know, since twenty twenty, maybe we've all had a different relationship with ourselves and mental health, and um, but especially for the disabled community who already at times can live in isolation or be isolated, we aim to just really decrease the barriers to getting out uh, so that people in the disabled community can save their precious energy for the things that they have to do. Not even always, it doesn't get to be the things that we want it to be, but certainly save your energy for the things you want and need to do versus fighting bureaucratic systems, fighting fighting staircases, fighting these other things. And I really like to think that we are, we are building this compendium to ease people's way of living and so they can get out, be in community, improve their mental health, and quit, you know, and not be isolated. Yeah. yeah. We did, we got a really nice letter from a mother of a gal who has a disability, and she just said, this is amazing. And there, there, so there's moments, I think, where you kind of get to sit back and just say, oh, cool. You're, all right, look, but, but look at what we're going to do next. I think that's the that's where the fun, and just like you said, you're mission-driven, and so it's, there's that next, but you're like, but how do I help more people? How do we do, well, so how do we get mindset. more? Like, I can do yeah. a little more, I can train a little harder. Yeah. And you got to give yourself those gold stars. You got to take a moment and like really feel the praises. I'm seriously, because you are doing so much good. And if you don't feel like that internal, like reward of purposefulness, and this is me speaking to me, because like it's never enough. We can do, you know, five more pounds, 10 more minutes, 50 more people. But if you don't stop and pause and be like, shit, I'm a good person. I'm actually doing something beneficial for this world. You don't need to sit on your soapbox long, but, but sit like really genuinely be able to like sit there and feel that and know that, you're worthy of the praise that's coming in and that you're helping so many people on so many levels. You got to absorb that. Cause I really think that's the fuel on the dark days and like the tank's low. You got to tap in and be like, wait a second, I'm actually doing some good shit here. We got to keep it together. I appreciate you saying that, you know, something I really struggled with when I was a healthcare provider was that I was like day to day making, um, maybe big changes in an individual's life, but from an outside perspective, making micro changes when what's more aligned with my brain and my heart is like making changes on a macro level. Mm -hmm. And it's been a beautiful blessing to then get to do this kind of work that we're doing. And we have the potential to be making these macro changes, but it still also comes micro bit at a time. So it's... Well, good, this, good reminding us. Good I got awareness. you. Well, because I, I mean, I just <laughs> try to be intentional about that because it is like it's just never enough. And I'm like, well, wait, we're not going to be able to hang in long term if we're not going to be able to like yeah. eat some of the breadcrumbs along the way. It's it, it's just it's it's that constant mindset. And I don't think in our society it's cool to champion yourself. I think particularly as as women, you know, it's stay humble and, and mothers and blah blah blah. But as entrepreneurs, I think that there's confidence and then there is purposefulness. And the more you can step in it, I mean, I wear my t-shirt every day because I'm a major advocate that if I don't bleed it and believe it, you shouldn't either. And I think people are like, oh, that's a little cringy. And at this point, I don't give a shit. But it's also a conscious process of like I'm critical on myself on so many other things. You got to take a second and see all the things you're doing because 
God, Universe Madonna has aligned you up with all your skill set, your experience to be as purposeful as you can be in this period of time. And it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of sacrifice. And you're doing probably what your heart wants you to do, which is be positive impact for other people. So you got to absorb that once in a while. I'm going to rewind this and watch this tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) so I can remember. But uh, yeah, you guys are doing like really incredible things. And it's I think sometimes the toughest, most adverse things happen to the most strongest, uh, purposeful people because I feel like God, Universe Madonna knows that at some point they're going to carry the mission on their back above themselves. Like there's ma- there's major sacrifice in these in entrepreneurship, but also like something that's your heart space, your life. Like it's all very very personal. So you guys are superheroes. Is my long winded point, and I, I really I hope you guys can uh, absorb that on, a, on another level because I also think that will inspire other people to lean into their heart space and chase their dream of whatever it is of impact. So, yeah. Yeah. We've, we've said it to each other a number of times that we just, um, you know, people of empathy who are also creatives who both like both really felt stifled in, in healthcare and to, you know, when we're getting to do the work that we're doing on the app, when we're getting to be here with you today on a Friday afternoon or, you know, the other week we got to weigh in on a really cool art installation and their accessibility. And we just we got out to the parking lot. and We just high fived each other. Just like, wow, like we're doing the work that we're aligned with. Yes. Things are falling into place and it feels so damn good. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. This is it. the work we want to be doing. Yeah. Just gets so exciting to see people get to do things that they had no idea they could do. Yeah. And I, I think that's the goal. Like you're chasing the dream, you're doing it, and you're like real life proof. You gotta pause enough to like not miss out on the whole journey because it is a giant to-do list. But truthfully, I think and this is what I love we talk about our young people. Like this is what our young people need to see. It doesn't matter really what the conversation is, every conversation's notable and necessary. But whatever way it relates to you, go do what you think you're supposed to be doing. So mental health comes, the community comes, the purpose comes, the money will come. Like it will all come if you just stay in it. So we're hoping that for the podcast. Anyways, Universe, are you listening? <laughs> we're out here. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are magic. I, I love the enthusiasm. I love the humility in it. Uh, you are brand ambassadors, influencers already. So go with it. We got the Voyager out here. We got things happening. Where do we find you guys? Hit me with websites, Instagram handles. Yeah, we are at Roll Mobility on Instagram and Facebook. RollMobility.com is our website. Uh, we are on TikTok. You can find us there too. Same handles across the board. Um, yeah, we're there. We're online. Uh, last question I ask everybody, and I would love for you each individually to ask, and then I'll let you jam. What is success to you? gonna make me <laughs> yeah I, I need that coin again i gotta flip it this is like a brother sister duo situation if you're listening to this rachel just gave me both fingers she's like and you go i think success would success would be for me a point where we have feedback from the community to where they take it over like I said before, our our goal is to stand, step aside at some point and let this become whatever the community wants it to be and whatever it's necessary for it to be in whatever iteration it goes from, from now. And so that would be, for role specifically, that would be success to me is where we get to a point where we have so many people that love it so much 
that it it becomes theirs and they and getting to getting to give it away would be success to me. Yeah. I mean, don't get it twisted. We would love Roll to become the next household name. Move over Yelp. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, that would be that would be incredible success. But as long as we're continuing to listen and support our community and build a tool, we're a community-driven accessibility tool, right? You you go to yet Google, you go to Yelp, you try to get this information. You just can't get accurate information. Um, and as long as we can be that space to our community and continue to receive their input and improve, I I know we'll be successful. Yeah. It's just casual, societal, positive change. No big deal. <laughs> Good thing you guys work out. This is a this is a heavy load, but I have faith in you. Yeah, that's that one that one shtick that I didn't get to get in there was that um, while we are for the we're speaking about societal change, I, this app is also for people without mobility issues. We want able-bodied people using this app. We want you to look through the lens of somebody who sits, walks a little slower, sits at twenty-four inches, start to see the world through somebody else's point of view. And help us build a more accessible world that we all benefit from. Amen. And just that practice in itself. We need to relate to each other, whatever the situation is on so many yeah. levels. Just that mindset shift, I think, is a big step one. Uh, anything language-wise you said you suggested for able-bodied people to follow people on Instagram. But any other little pro tips or people can lean in. We can Google and YouTube and all those things. But anything else that you guys would suggest or language that is like new and coming that we should be aware of? I, it's it's funny because I think it changes so much within the community. I mean, it used to be like not kosher to say disabled, and then it became there's I won't even say the things that it became, and now we're we're kind of going back. One of the things that we specifically did with the app is we we made it so that it is objective. So you, as an able-bodied person, you know nothing. You don't know a single person in a wheelchair. You can go in and leave a review, and we have taken that. It's not a you know, subjective five-star rating. It is a series of questions that anybody who then needs that information can go in and look at it. And I think, it, yeah, it's just, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. So it's start start looking at what people have to deal with when they have strollers. Start thinking about, you know, if you were using a cane, what that would look like or or those kinds of things. I think there there are a lot of resources, but a lot of it is just being a tiny bit introspective. Boom, personal responsibility. Yeah, my best my best advice is to just listen to disabled people. Disability is not one size fits all. Everybody has unique needs. It is not a monolith. Um, right now, the disability community at large uses the word disabled. Uh, but maybe you encounter somebody who just that doesn't it doesn't sit with them or in the autism community, they might prefer just to be called autistic. You know, when somebody tells you something, maybe it's as simple as their pronouns they want to prefer to be called. Li- listen to them. Yeah. Yeah. Listening far it's massively overlooked and <laughs> one of the easier things to do. But I think people always want like the hard answer. What do I got to sign up for? What do I get? It's like you can just listen. Just listen to what's what's going on or see or whatever it is. Uh, well, I really appreciate you guys. You guys are doing um, God, Universe, and Madonna's work. So I appreciate that. Papa, don't it, preach. Yay. <laughs> see, my girl, let's go. I love it. Um, but check them out. Go, you know, do all the things. Get on the app. 
see what they have going on. The feedback, I think that's miraculous. That's literally the best thing any situation entrepreneurs, businesses can do. Lean into your community and, and let them know what you want to see here, changes, whatever it is. So thank you guys, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.